It's not tattletaling. <laughs> it's, it's not tattletaling. I deal with that in my house. Like, oh, well, what do we, they get called rat. Oh, somebody's ratting on somebody else now. I'm like, they're not ratting. They're just trying to get help. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this whole parenting thing is for the birds. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. This podcast is going to start with a disclaimer. (laughs) You looking at me for it? (laughs) First of all, we apologize for the quality of this podcast. We had a recording issue where we were unable to separate the tracks and edit them. So there are times that we talk over each other. And the, re- the recording issue is David pushed the wrong button. <laughs> yes. Hey, look, I wasn't going to blame you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we weren't able to do the quality of it is not at where we would like it to be. However, <laughs> because this is a interesting conversation that has to be heard. We decided to let it go, which brings us to our second disclaimer or warning. Yes. <laughs> this is not for children. Yeah. Yeah. We know a lot of people have said that they their kids listen to the podcast. So if you have children in the car and you're listening to this or in your house, it's not like anybody's dropping the F-bomb or anything like that, but there are some adult subjects addressed. Yep. So if you're the type of person that going to be offended by hearing adult subject matter then uh, we'll see you next week well i mean it's not it's not that bad I, <laughs> no I, it's not like crazy stuff yeah, i don't think an adult would be offended oh no well you know i just think that a kid would ask questions that an adult doesn't right. want to answer right you don't want to have to explain uh some of the things that are said yeah like what is that mom uh you don't need to know yeah yeah you can't yeah <laughs> Uh, so now that we've got everybody's curiosity peaked, <laughs> this <laughs> this recording again, David and I—if <laughs> you could have seen my face in places of this recording—it's just—it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it's it's an interesting interview with an interesting person with an interesting background. <laughs> well, all of our guests are interesting, and well, that's that is definitely true. Well, one thing I have to say. Is, you know, when you're being interviewed, sometimes being open and candid is, it's asking a lot of people. And, and today's guest was completely open and candid about things. What, you know, for the most part, some things I, I jokingly ask questions about and come to find out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, even when I try to make a joke about it, it's like, oh yeah, that's true. Well, and I I guess this is a good time to thank everybody that has been a guest on our podcast. Okay. Because the people that don't do this as a business, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sharing their life story like we are about Nacho Kids. And I'm kind of a private person for the most part. I'm, you know, I'll tell you anything, but like my Facebook page don't have me telling you, yeah, David made me mad tonight or, you know, whatever. Right. You tell people stuff maybe one-on-one, but you don't go in a group environment and start. Right, right. So I know it um, is not easy to tell your story, and we really appreciate the people that have taken the time to be our guest and share their stories to help other people. Yeah, 
Yeah, because you're definitely helping other people. Yeah. I don't care how how much you feel like your story is boring or mundane or or how how you feel like maybe you're the only one that suffers from something. Or if you feel like your story's crazy, like <laughs> some of the other ones. It doesn't matter. There's always a number of people out there that it's touches and it's like, man, that that resonated with me. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we want the guests to know is we do receive feedback and it's good feedback. It's, you know, thank you for sharing the childless stepmom interview or because I've always felt alone. I can tell you right now, there is not a single person listening to this that is alone. Mm -hmm. There is somebody out there that has dealt with something that exactly the same as you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be one in a million. I haven't found the one in a million person yet. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, we did have that one one in a million, you know, that says she knew what she was getting into. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we said she was one in a million. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this is a very interesting um, episode here. Yep. I think you will be delightfully entertained. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, this stepmom is on her third marriage, and this is her second blend. Wow. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Would you would you do it again? I guarantee you take a poll in a Facebook group <laughs> of blended families, even the unicorns and rainbows stepmom groups, you say, would you do this again? They're all like, oh, heck no, heck no. But wait a minute. You got the unicorns and rainbow stepmoms. Mm -hmm. But they still, I, I would say 92% of people would say they would not do this again. I wonder how accurate that is. Like if I'm. Well, that's what they think. Right. Because if but then they meet somebody that's hot and sexy and has kids and they don't, you know. Right. Because if you're, if you're alone for a few years, then you're, I think you're, you start thinking, I mean, you know what? It would be nice to, to go out with somebody or whatever. Next thing you know, you're like, crap, I done got married again. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got 18 kids. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Well, and two, it's kind of like birthing a baby. Right after you have that baby, you think, I am not doing this again because you remember vividly the pain and um, all that happy stuff. But over time, you obviously forget that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, I, I wouldn't. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, you I'm, I'm not getting married again. Well, you've already you know, claimed what's going to happen to me. What? Whatever episode that was. Or you're saying oh, Dave's going to be a gigolo. Yeah. <laughs> if something happens to me, you're going to be a gigolo. He will, y'all. I ain't stupid. I told you quit saying I, that. I, I don't want these women to be contacting me when something <laughs> happens to you. I know my man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, no, I, I shouldn't tell him that. Never mind. Well, no, you got to no, say No, 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 because we already talked. We don't want to make this too inappropriate. What, <laughs> you can't just say. My face is blushing. Stop. What is it? Just that you're a good husband. That's it. And I love you. That is not what you were thinking. All right, so <laughs> let's hear what this very interesting. Oh, we're going to talk after this. No, we're not. <laughs> let's let's let them hear her. All right, well, let's get into it after a word from our sponsor. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. 
today we have another Heather. That's a stepmom. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. David's here with us, too. Yep. Hi, hey, Heather with no last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heather, tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? How many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, neighbors kids, whatever? Oh, I can start there. <laughs> So I always joke that I uh, parent six children with six other adults in three other households. So, so you're Mormon. Well, actually, I am Mormon, but <laughs> that's a total side note. <laughs> that's why I'm married. So I'm that's awesome. My, <laughs> I'm on my third marriage, so I have. Three bio kids from my first marriage. I have a bio kid from my second marriage. And then my third marriage, no bio kids, but we have a dog. But my husband has two from his previous marriage. So that's our immediate situation. And then it gets clunky from there. But that's the biological people. So the biological people. <laughs> so who has custody of the dog? Um, I think it would be me if we don't fix this. So, yeah. <laughs> um, does that mean you're struggling to blend? Uh, it, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle. It's, I, I kind of had an idea because my second marriage was a blend. Um, but I don't think my current husband had any idea. I think he thought it would look something like the Brady Bunch and that everybody <laughs> would love everybody and we'd all get along and, and there would not be any of the stuff that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And sadly, it's not the Brady Bunch and there's a lot of dynamics and there's a lot of, a lot. So it's a struggle. That's um, definitely not for the faint-hearted at all. That is true. But you know, the Brady Bunch their exes must have died. So I think about that sometimes. Like if we were just <laughs> sitting, if we just had them all in one household and they didn't all go to other places and didn't have all these other influences. Like I said, I parent with six other adults. So I parent with my husband. I parent with his ex-wife. I parent with my ex-husband and his wife. And I parent with my other ex-husband and his wife. So it's a lot crazy. So I have to ask this. We often talk about how people that are in step family relationships and they have problems and then they, you know, they're like, well, I'm, I'm going to get out. And then, you know, I end up finding myself in, in another situation where I'm in a blended family. And so usually we say, look, if you don't fix the one you're in, you're probably going to run into the same issues the next one. Uh, did you see that happen in your relationship? Um, not not really, although I didn't listen to my own advice, right? Like I, I said, like, I won't date somebody that has kids. And then I met somebody that had kids. So um, I, I don't know, like my ex-husband had a girl. And so I thought, well, maybe it was because it was a girl and that, you know, daddy's girl and that caused the problem. You know, you try and make excuses for this stuff. Um, honestly, in hindsight, what destroyed my second marriage was him not being able to to deal with the blend. Um, 
at the time my big kids were were young when I was in my second marriage and their father is very high conflict very high conflict and so my second husband just had no he had no tools to be able to deal with that high conflict and and quite frankly I was going through a lot of stuff in that too so um you know, I took some time between second and third marriage, and I thought that I, I learned more. And I did. Um, and then I got a high conflict uh, birth mom for my stepsons. And so some of it's been helpful. Um, the biggest thing that I, I struggle with today is that my current husband never saw my older children. So, so to tell you, like, my older kids, I've got uh, a son who's 20, a daughter who's 17, and another son who is 16. Um, that's a side note. My 16-year-old doesn't live with us. He lives with his father, but that's a whole nother chaos connection. Um, <laughs> and then I have a daughter who's eight from my second marriage. So my husband now has two sons. Um, one is 13. And one is seven. So my stepson, who's seven, mixes well with the eight-year-old. And so he sees like that I treat the eight-year-old and the seven-year-old very similarly. And so there's not really a lot of conflict in those two. But the 13-year-old is our conflict spot because he didn't see my big kids when they were 13. He's now seeing them when they're 17 and 20. And so that dynamic is different um, I forget the ages of your children, but there's a big difference between 13 and 17. You know, I, I try and tell him that like, you know, between like seven and 13, there's some changes, but it's really, they've learned what they've learned and they're just kind of adjusting to life for the stuff that they know. Then from 13 to, you know, 20, they're learning how to be adults in the world and they're, they're growing into this place that they're independent in. And so there's big changes that happen in that space. Um, so sometimes we have conflicts and I'm like, well, he's 13 though. It, that's where our, our struggle is right now is him not seeing that like when my kids were 13, I, I, was, I was the parent that I am today still, if that makes sense. So are you harder on the stepson than the bio dad? Oh yeah, my, my husband, I love him and I love him. I can't love him for the things that I hate about him or I can't hate him for the things I love about him. However that goes. <laughs> yeah. I can't hate him for the things I love about him. So he is a great dad, but he really comes from a place of he wants to be their playmate and I need him. I need him to help. We have a lot of kids. Like it's, there's a lot of, of moving parts with five in the household. As, as you guys probably know, like there's, there's a lot of coordinating. There's a lot of shifting and, um, we didn't get to my schedule, but my schedule is pretty crazy with the kids. And so there's just a lot to it. Um, and I think sometimes he just wants to, you know, be able to have fun all the time with them, which is great when it's time for that. So tell us a little bit about the visitation. Do you, how often do you get the step kids? Um, do your bio kids go to the other parent? How does all that work? So I told you it was crazy. So, um, I'll start with the full times and work my way down. So my bio son, um, 20, he lives with us full time. 
My bio daughter, 17, lives with us full time. My bio son, 16, does not live with us at all. Um, He lives with his father, who's local. um, So he comes over sometimes, but just to, you know, hang out for a little bit. Um, He doesn't usually sleep here. Um, I really don't have any parenting. That's a whole nother story. But I don't really do much in the parenting aspect with that child. Um, Then my bio daughter, who's eight, is here like 80% of the time. So she sees her dad for a couple of hours on Tuesdays. And then she goes with him from Friday night to Sunday night. Um, Now in the summer, it's a little bit different. She'll sleep over for a couple extra days here and there. Um, And then my stepsons are 50-50, but a 5-2 split. So they're always here on Wednesdays to Friday. And then on our weekend, it would be Friday to Monday. So on our five, it's Wednesday to Monday. And on our two, it's just the Wednesday to Friday. So it's, it's busy. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) I hope you got a Google calendar going on with reminders of when kids are coming. (laughs) It's all in my head, but. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I'm kind of in shock right this second. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Most people are when I tell them my schedule, they go, "I, I don't even know. So, I mean, for the most part, like, as far as like the, so I have, I was listening to some podcasts earlier and I heard somebody else refer to this too. I have my older kids and then I have my littles. So mm-hmm. when we have the littles for the weekend, they're all here. Um, so that makes it a little bit easier that it's either a kid weekend or it's not a kid weekend. So my calendar is listed as kid weekend, non-kid weekend. Um, so, okay, so, you other do, than that. <laughs> so you do get a break. Yes. Not from the big kids, which sometimes they can be more annoying, but that is true. We do get a little break. <laughs> that is true. And how long did you say you'd been blending? Well, this time around. This time around. Um, so we've been together three years and married for one. And we blended really quickly. So you've only been married one year? We've been, yes. No, we've been married two years. So, what so we is got the, married in 17. We met in 16. Okay. So what is the challenge like um, if you're speaking for your husband? What, did, what does he find that you know of to be the biggest challenge for him? Um, that I am too harsh. So he really tunes into to when I'm dealing with his children and thinks I'm harsh. Okay. So you're, when you're dealing with his kids, it comes across as being too harsh and, and, and he has a big problem with that. Right. I mean, I deal with them all the same, but he tunes in to his kids. It's so, never the same. It's always that little teeny twinge you have in your voice. It's a little bit different. <laughs> I'll entertain that. But like for him, so... So for my kids, right, like, so I would say, like, you know, here's, you know, 10 chances, right? And so he'll hear me giving them chance after chance after chance after chance until I blow up. And when it comes to his kids, it seems like he always only tunes in when I'm at the blow up part. And I'm like, but you missed when I was like talking to them chance after chance. And so 
that's where I think sometimes he only tunes in when I've gotten to the point that I'm there. If that's that the only time you're hollering. <laughs> <laughs> but I holler at my kids too. He just doesn't seem to be phased by that one. <laughs> he, he, yeah, you're hollering so much he doesn't know when you're hollering. He just hears his kid's name. <laughs> And then he starts tuning in. I'm like, wait a minute, that's my kid. No, 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 no. Cut her some slack. I don't think she's hollering. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a flashback, Heather. That, that was my life I was talking about. <laughs> I don't think she's hollering the 10 chances she gives them. It's that 11th one that makes her head spin. Uh, well, right. I'm sure if it's 10, it probably goes up each time. And then. You don't it? know, Heather, David. I live with a Heather. They're all the same. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, some of it is, you know, what my kids are accustomed to and what his aren't. And as time goes, like it does get better, you know, and the, the younger one, horrible way to say this, but it's true. The younger one is easier to train. The <laughs> older, my older stepson is a little more stuck in his ways of, of how he's been raised. And so like with my kids, you know, they've always been raised with like one, two, three. And so they know, like, if I've gotten to the point that I just said one, like they better start moving because it just isn't worth getting to two and three mm -hmm. where his kids haven't had that. Like, that's not how he parents. That's not how his ex-wife parents. And so with me, that's kind of like my warning sign for like, okay, I've had enough. Like what? Like we're, we're starting to like, Steam starting to come. And, and so, like I said, the little one's getting better. Like by two, he's, he's doing what he needs to be done. Like what needs to be done. But the older one, he still wants to like mouth off to me. And again, this is, we're still married for a reason <laughs> because we've been working through these things. So, you know, the whole nacho kids, like I love that. Right. Because I've had to take some of that on of, my own sanity. Like I could totally relate with, with your story, you know, that, um, I had a step back because I, I was going crazy. I just, I didn't want to be here. Um, it wasn't, none of us want to be here. <laughs> like I could relate to that. Yes. Um, totally relate. In fact, I would go away. So like I would bind it up sometimes that I would go away for the weekend. I would, make sure my younger daughter was out of the house and I would go away for the weekend so that him and his boys could just do their thing. And I was out of the picture. Like I, I needed that. And now it's, it's gotten better. Um, but I've detached a lot, you know, um, the 13 year old, it's not my problem if he doesn't do his homework. It just isn't like it's, Amy it's not, I, <laughs> I, I can't control that. Like I can't, I can't control that. The little one likes my structure, um, you know, because sometimes he'll be doing something and, and you know, it, my husband will, you know, be going about it a different way. And he'll like, Dad, I don't think Heather would want it done that way. <laughs> 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 and so he likes the structure. But my 13-year-old, he, he wants to push back a lot. And I get it. And part of it's age and then part of it's the dynamics. Um, the little one is like, dad, she's going to start counting. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Well, it's chaotic, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be in a different room and, you know, I think this is part of the challenge too, or the challenges that are getting better is 
my husband's starting to see the chaos sometimes that not having boundaries. I'm a very boundary rule person. So I didn't grow up with many and I saw how that hurt me. And so with my kids, I don't need to teach my kids how to be kids. Like I don't need to do that. They know how to be jerks. They know how to break things and jump on couches and not listen to me and do all those things that kids do. I need to teach them how to be respectful, responsible adults for the future. And so for me, that's important with implementing those, you know what, there, there's going to be rules. Like, um, you know, one of the things my stepson does, um, he comes up and he taps you. And I'm like, why are you tapping me? And he's like, well, because I need you. And I'm like, then just say my name and wait for a second. Like, I'll get to you. And, um, you know, I then try and talk to him. I'm like, you know, you're not going to grow up as an adult and walk up to your boss and start tapping them on the shoulder to get their <laughs> attention. Like, you can't do that. And so for me, that's how I've always parented my kids. And like I said, my parents, my kids are used to my parenting. And um, my husband and I have done some counseling. And I think that was one thing that my husband did tune into with the counselor is when she told him, like, the kids will learn me. They'll learn me if you just let me and them figure out our dance. They'll figure out like how I talk and that it's not always barking or crazy. Um, I'm probably way off track, but that's, that's kind of some of the stuff that has gotten better in the chaos. Yeah. Um, wanted to ask you, or actually I wanted to bring up a lot of people will say, can you nacho one kid and not the other? As far as your stepkids? Yes, you can. And like yeah. you said, for you, that's kind of the situation is stepson seven doesn't have the issue with you parenting him that stepson 13 has. Right. And, and same with my husband too, actually. Like if he hears, you know, stepson seven mouthing off to me, it's immediate. Like, don't talk to her that way. Stepson 13, mm, that could go on for a while. And even still, you know, he's getting better. Like if I say, hey, can you step in? That's kind of been our code word of I need help. and this is getting beyond the point that I I'm comfortable in. And, right. and so he steps in for that one, but he'll tune in better with the seven year old to correct him than with the 13 year old. So yeah, it's completely different dynamics, but I see that with my biological kids too. Like I can't do for one, the way I can for another one. I have to individualize them to some degree. Yes. We talk about that a lot. You know, growing up, my parents would always compare us. And you cannot compare kids. Everybody is different. Right. And I think they finally realized that, um, you know, as we got older. But I know David, he's always tried to find the individuality within his kids. You know, one of them you could fuss at him and it'd make him cry. And one of them you could fuss at him and he'd just stare you down. (laughs) (laughs) That probably helps that they were triplets. Because you had, like, there was no comparison with age. Right. Like you had all the same age, all acting completely different from each other. Oh, no, girl. But- they know what times they were born. There's a first, <laughs> a second, a third. Yeah. The one that was born uh, one minute before the rest of them is the older brother. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's the older brother. That's for sure. Yeah. They um, and they're all different. 
they're all so very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of them came home this weekend and notified us that he was, um, he's been, he moved in with his mom uh, at the beginning. I don't remember what it was several months ago. He moved, he moved in with his mom. So he told us uh, over the weekend that he's now moving out from his mom as he's getting his own place. So this will be the first time that he's, he's ever had his own place. So we are, <laughs> we are ready to see how that turns out. <laughs> I hate to see all the food wrappers of that house, boy. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm uh, thinking you couldn't keep your own small little bedroom cleaned up. To the, I couldn't even see the floor in there and you got, and you gonna have your own place. This is going to be fun. I'm definitely coming to visit. <laughs> you go right ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to everything. I, I'm going to get cups out and leave them on the counter and I'm going to leave <laughs> plates on the on the counter and he's going to do everything like he does my place when he comes. <laughs> this is the same kid that um, one day I found a hamburger wrapper on the counter and I was like, hey, you left your hamburger wrapper on the counter. Of course, this was after I re-engaged because before I would just be like, David can find it. But um, I would say, you know, you left your hamburger wrapper. That wasn't mine. Well, like he was the only person here. <laughs> and then the next day, he's like, yeah, where's that hamburger that Papa got me from Hardee's? We're like, dude, you ate that yesterday. No, I didn't. <laughs> he makes me feel like I live in the twilight zone. I am not kidding. <laughs> yeah, yes. mm-hmm. So yeah, he, that's one thing we've stopped fighting on is like, we just know that nobody's going to fess up to it. So it's like, okay. Like, I don't know. Nobody's going to fess up to it. So let's move on. Well, like, there's always that, that kid that lives in your house and his name is not me. He does everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. But see, the difference between nowadays and when I was growing up is if my mama asked us something and nobody fessed up, we all got a whooping. <laughs> mm. You needed one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look here. I, I couldn't imagine you and your sisters. I mean, that's Wow. <laughs> just your poor mama <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> i would have found any reason i could beat all three of y'all too <laughs> As hey, adults, I, I, may have, I, I may have told my stepsons once or twice you're lucky that i'm actually your stepmother because i can't beat you because <laughs> i would <laughs> mm-hmm. we're too soft on kids i'm sorry that's a whole nother whole nother podcast about us being soft on kids here Yep. Yeah. We won't go down that road. I can say that I'm pretty soft on my kid for sure. <laughs> Let's don't go down that road either. David? <laughs> my mom used to hold me about one arm and then we would go round and around. And if, I mean, just as fast as we could. I mean, it's like if I, if I probably could have just jumped in the air and she would have just had me swinging around. But she had the way, somehow she did it. She could spank me with one hand and then swing me around in the other. <laughs> She took lessons from my mama. I mean, it was like something out of a kung fu movie. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, crouching David hitting mama. <laughs> Tear my tail up. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> and I did learn that no matter how many pairs of underwear you put on, it doesn't really stop the hurt. It still hurts when they tear your tail up. The funny thing was I would like hide under the bed, you know, as if I could just stay there forever and never come out. So she'd just wait. Sooner or later, you'll come out from under that bed. Yep. I remember I got a whooping one time for telling my mom that my sister was smoking next door with the neighbor. <laughs> you got a whooping for it? Because I was being a tattletale. 
You got to remember, Mama's favorite was Dawn, not Lori. <laughs> well, you tattletailed on my kids. Tattletail on everybody. <laughs> it's not tattletailing. It's, it's not tattletailing. I deal with that in my house. Like, oh, well, what do we, they get called rat. Oh, somebody's ratting on somebody else now. I'm like, they're not ratting. They're just trying to get help. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> this, this whole parenting thing is for the birds. Nobody told me what it would really be like. Like, uh, had I known, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, man. I, and my, I've my, only got one. Thank goodness. Yeah. <sighs> my kids joke sometimes. You know, like from oldest down, they'll be like, "You should have stopped it too. You should have stopped it." Want you know, whoever wants to not like their younger sibling. And I'm like, zero. Zero was a good number. Zero should have been where I stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's like when me and my sister will uh, mess with each other sometimes. And, you know, she'll say something like, uh, you know, mom and dad never wanted you anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> and I like well, I just want to remind you that after me, they did have another one. But after you, they were like, oh, no, we're not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine one more of y'all running around. <laughs> No, definitely not. Yep. So how do the kids uh, do with each other? For the most part, really well. There's there's certain dynamics that don't do well. And, there, well, certain dynamics, certain days. So my uh, stepson, who's seven, adores my 17-year-old daughter. Just adores her. Like, we'll run in, I love you, and hugs, and, you know, just adores her. The seven and eight year old, they're they're typical siblings. Um, so my daughter who's eight, and then my stepson who's seven, um, they do pretty well together. They do better together when my stepson who's thirteen isn't around. Um, we get the dynamic of you know, so my my seven year old stepson will often like do more. I hate this word like girly things with my daughter. And they'll play more and, you know, hands-on stuff. And when my 13-year-old stepson's around, he kind of gets this, like, manly macho thing. And, like, oh, that's too girly. I can't do that. And so that will cause chaos. And then my 13-year-old stepson, just sometimes, he's a weird blend. And and I do get, like, it's hard because he becomes, like, this middle entity because there's nobody really close in age to him. So the older kids have their tribe. The two little ones have their little tribe. And then my 13-year-old's kind of this island by himself. Um, so I get that that becomes hard for him. And I try and remember, like, remind my older kids, have grace. Like, have grace. He's 13. Like, you don't remember what you were like when you were 13 and you knew everything. And um, <laughs> so he's just ago. trying to, yeah, so long ago, you know, their, their experience at 17. <laughs> and so... For the most part, they do okay. Um, definitely space is needed and we've learned to allow space. I think that was one thing that we went into it like, we just have to do everything together and that's how it's going to work and that's how it should work. And I know for me, that was something I struggled with. I wanted us to, you know, be this happy, blended family. You know, I joke about my husband thinking Brady Bunch, but in a lot of ways, I thought we could we could do it with work and we could do it with all this understanding and all this love. And the reality is 
there's just a lot of different personalities and mm-hmm. a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different influences. And sometimes, no, it just doesn't work. Like, so one of the things that, you know, compromise or making things work better, um, we have a movie theater around here that you go and you can eat dinner at and watch a movie while you're eating dinner. I don't know if you have those where you are. I think, I think there is one. There's, there's seating like on the floor and tables face one direction. And then there's like stadium seating that the tables sit the other direction. And there was one night and it, one child, I won't mention that child, but one child kind of made up a story for why they couldn't sit in this one particular location. It caused an entire blow up through the whole family. And after cooling down, calming down and, and maybe just forgetting a little bit, um, now when we go to that movie theater to watch a movie, we separate. So the people that want to go sit down on the floor, go sit down on the floor. And the people that want to go sit up on the stadium seating, sit up there. And so I think for me, that was a, a harder lesson than most of them, that I had to be okay, that we weren't always going to be wanting to do the exact same thing at the exact same time in the exact same place. Yeah, we covered that in one of the videos in the Academy about step family vacations, about um, it's okay for like David and his kids to go hiking if my kid was too young to do so, or things like that, or even two of his kids and leave the other two behind. Just everybody likes something different. And it's, right. you know, it has to be okay because you're not going to be one happy nuclear family. Even if you, they were all yours and your husband's kids, you're still going to have the kids that some want to do this and want to do that. Yeah, I think for me, that helped a little bit too, is talking to some nuclear families, you know, because I've been a single mom or a blended family for so long. I mean, my big kids were five, three, and one when I got divorced. And so for most of their life, it's been either a blended situation. I've, I've never raised a biological child with the father for longer than five years. That's not a good track record on my part, but that's reality. So I've never actually raised a child in a house to see that it's not always just being a blended family, that it can just be different children, different parents, different personalities, all trying to make it work. And so when I started talking to nuclear families and she said, no, my husband and my daughter, so his biological daughter, they don't get along and we have to separate. Or like you said, these kids like to go do this. These kids don't. And so we separate. And I think that helped me too, to say, okay, like I am looking for expectations that aren't even reality when you've given birth to all of these people together. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can definitely attest to um, having the outs with some of your kids and you go through times when you, you know, you may not talk with them for a little bit or they won't talk to you for a little bit and, or you don't like them very much for a while and they don't like you. And I mean, it happens whether it's uh, your own kids or or somebody else's. Yeah. My mom and I didn't get along at all pretty much ever. That was for 40 something years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I tell you something, if I needed somebody though, like if I was sick and needed somebody to take me to the doctor, I'd call my mama. <laughs> Be like, I know you hate me, but you don't want me to die, really. <laughs> She'd be like, don't talk to me. Don't call back. <laughs> <laughs> 
So your stepsons, do they have the same mom? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to say that, you know, you said something about your five-year limit. Um, if I did the math right, you're coming up on five years with your current husband. <laughs> <laughs> you got a couple more years, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. they don't have any hours kids together. We don't. Yes. Yeah, so I see we that. Have a dog. Yeah. yeah the, the dog does it though. So you got a couple more years and uh, <laughs> be on the number. What is it now? Number four. <laughs> no, 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 no more after this. No more. We're, we're all, good. But all yours will be grown and gone. It'd be time to start over again. Oh, no, no, that ship has sailed. I will be traveling and um, not doing children. (laughs) (laughs) I do find it funny that you didn't want someone with kids, even though you had, what, three kids, four kids at the time? Yeah, four? Four, yep, yep, four. Well, that's a little bit uh, whatever, isn't it? (laughs) You're selfish. (laughs) Well, see, I was the opposite. I wanted somebody with kids because they needed to understand that if, um, what, David? You just didn't want somebody with that many kids. I didn't say that. I said that. But I needed somebody to understand a parenting role, you know, because if my kid's sick and we had plans, then I'm staying with my kid. And I felt like that somebody that wasn't a parent couldn't really understand that. But, yeah, I, I didn't really – somebody that had four youngins <laughs> yeah I, I, I mean <laughs> the heart does what the heart does right so before I met my husband no. <laughs> it wasn't the heart it might, it might have been another organ but it wasn't the heart yeah, like Tina Turner said <laughs> Tina Turner said got it right what's love got to do with it <laughs> It's something that pumps blood. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I should see how rich I, you I, over here. <laughs> I dated a guy that lived, um, what was he, like 400 miles from me. And, and how do you that date somebody that's like, 400 miles away? Oh, wait, never mind, because one of the stepkids is dating somebody, and they're in the States <laughs> in Japan, so never mind. <laughs> Actually, that works best. It, <laughs> It actually worked really great. Like I wasn't involved in his parenting. He wasn't involved in my parenting. We saw each other like every other month. Like it was the, it was, it was good, but obviously not that good because it didn't work out. Right. But, um, but you didn't have any yeah, kids with I, him either. We didn't have kids together. And I didn't, I wasn't involved in his parenting. Like I wasn't involved in anything. So that's just called a friend with benefits. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Heather, I might need you to reschedule this interview for a time that David's not available. <laughs> How much cutting and editing can you do? That's okay. There's going to be two minutes that's valid. It's going to be like, hey, Heather, how are you? Good. That's going to be it. Oh, that's fantastic. We, we may have to have the tonight, Nacho so. Kids uncut version. <laughs> No, we're not. <laughs> Put the little <laughs> E after it. <laughs> I just don't even know. I just don't. <laughs> I I could carry on with that, but I'll I'll censor myself on that one. But no, I mean the whole the whole like I just I don't know. I didn't want to deal with the day to day kid stuff. I mean, 
I didn't really want actually him to deal with my day-to-day kid stuff because remember, like that's what destroyed my second marriage was everything that was crazy going on with my ex-husband. And it really was too much for my second husband. Like it, there was a lot of stuff. Like when I say there was too much, like cops were coming, like my, my ex-husband was, my ex-husband was crazy. Like he would call the cops on me, was taking me to court saying I was an unfit parent. Like I'll share this because I don't think he'd ever listen to it. But so he, my first husband took me to court saying I was an unfit parent because my 16 year old who doesn't live with me had some troubles. He had some troubles growing up and stuff like that. Um, and so he was just really off um, in a lot of areas and he was causing a lot of problems. And so I had sent my child to go spend some time with his dad and say like, let's see if this works for a little bit. Well, things that happened and, and I don't know, my, my husband or my first husband got mad at me for something else. And so he went to court and tried to say that I was an unfit parent. So we go in to the hearing on it and the judge looks at him and says, so, you know, Mr. X, how many kids do you have with her? And he said, well, three. And so he looks at him and says, well, so while you were in the care of this one child, where were the other two? And he said, with her. And he, mm-hmm. the judge wanted to look at him and say, get out of my courtroom. You're wasting my time. Like, she's not an unfit parent if you're leaving two out of three children with her. Like, clearly but this was a case. Him, judge. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like this one. But so, so there was a lot of stuff going on like that, that was just, it was a lot. Um, and so I was really nervous about having the whole dynamic. And, and I actually, you know, not extensively enough, clearly, but me and my current husband did do a lot of talking about how to work with this blended family and with some of the stuff. And um, today he sees more of it. And, and I've learned how to step back more. Yeah. And, and that's very important as you've learned. Yeah. Okay. So you had a high conflict bio dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. hear that often. No, we always hear about the high conflict bio moms. No, I have a high conflict bio dad. Um, still to this day. Um, oh, it's it's hard there. on my, it's hard on my big kids. Um, my daughter, especially, um, you know, cause they're older now they're 17, 20. So they see, they see the things that I never would talk about. Um, and I, I raised my kids that way. You know, I, I wouldn't talk bad about him. And they've just been able to see. And my 16-year-old, he's, he's still in a struggle himself because now he's, he's got a different level of guilt because he, he did go live with that. And then my first husband alienated me from that child completely. Like when I say I don't have much parenting to do with that child, it's because of my my first husband um, forced that. And so now he's 16 and he feels stuck because neither of his siblings go live at dad's house. And so he's like, well, if I leave dad, then dad's not going to have any of his kids with him. And so there's, there's lots of dynamics going on <laughs> in my household with all these kids. But for my, as being a stepmom, some of my own lessons have, have taught me how to stepmom better and stepmom with my kids bio mom so like one thing that I've done is we're we're in a group text um so my high conflict bio mom um 
she will spin things that my husband says or that they talk about. So there's other dynamics that like she lives in a house and is our tenant, which is a whole nother story to do things. Oh wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah. Wait. <laughs> hang, hang on a second. So you're the landlord yeah. for the bio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm, I've got to be misunderstanding this. <laughs> oh no, you're not. You're not. So my husband, again, I can't hate him for the things I love about him. Right. When right. he got divorced, when he got divorced, she didn't want their marital home. So she needed this other home. And my husband was in a position that he was able to get that other home. And the deal was that she was going to buy it in six months from him. Well, it's now been three years and six months. Um, And so after the six months, she was not planning on me coming into the picture at all. So this is another thing with, with dating, right? Like you don't go in to dating somebody and say, can you bring your divorce papers with you? so that I can see exactly what that date is on that divorce paper. Because somebody will say, Oh, I've been divorced for a while. Oh, okay. Two days. Well, how long? Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Like you don't ask for the divorce papers. You don't ask for this whole kit and caboodle until you're there. And, and even some of that stuff like comes out more as you're together and then you're together and, and you invested this time. And so, are there deal breakers or we learn to figure this out? So yes, anyhow, my, my stepson's bio mom is our tenant because she never did buy the house. And so now we're her landlord. Hopefully she's moving out soon. But so there's lots of conflicts going on in all of that stuff. Um, you know, she's also, when the kids tell her that they don't like me or that whatever, like she'll just say, Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I I wish you could come home or something like that. Like step parenting, like, no, 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 you don't do that to the kids. Like they don't need that. They need you to support um, what's going on. Well, but at least she's not saying, yeah, I can't stand her either. (laughs) Well, I think she does behind closed doors. So, um, yeah, she's she's jacking up her rent. She's like, hurry up and pay your child support so I can pay your rent. (laughs) You're not, you're not kidding. Like we pay child support and she pays rent the next day. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So let's, yeah, it'll, it's fun. My life is fun. I love it. But because of our schedule, (laughs) it's crazy. And there's a lot of moving pieces. Like there's a lot of moving pieces with two kids. That's, that's another thing that I found. Um, so my, my second husband only had one child that lived with us and no offense to the one child, but one child is a lot easier to manage than multiple, like multiple have different schedules and multiple have different friends and going this place and that place. And so there becomes a lot more communication. Um, so like my first husband, one of the things he said in this whole court thing that he had done was she harasses me. Like she texts me too much. And I'm like, we have three kids. Like I, sometimes those change in a day. Like that child B is going here. Oh no, that stopped. Child B is now going here. So there's a lot more like communication that sometimes has to go with multiple children being multiple places. And um, so my husband's not very good at keeping the schedule and I am. So we have a group chat that text messages come through. 
And one of the things that I did was I turned off my notifications for that group chat. So if my phone's going off, I don't even know. And then when I look at it and I choose to go into the group chat to find out what the schedule may be, that's on my time, not it coming at me. And that saved me a lot with frustration because the two of them will go back and forth like, well, what's ever easier for you? Well, what's ever easier for you? What's ever easier? I'm like, one of you need to pick a time and then pick a location or pick whatever and just set on it or we're going to go back and forth for hours. So again, off track, but some of that stuff's just been easier as I've learned through this. So the group chat is with your current husband and his ex. Correct. Do you have a group chat with your ex and his new thing? <laughs> no, because they don't, they don't seem to be involved. I am an amazing ex-wife. <laughs> I just want to say like. <laughs> Girl, I can hear the intro to this already. Y'all ain't going to believe this stuff. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. <laughs> There's people right down the road. People right down the road listening to this going, I just gotta I gotta listen to this again later because I, I completely lost where all these connected to the dot things go. <laughs> I mean we went all yeah. over the landlord tenant relationship <laughs> and group chat. I mean the only thing take you missed, hours to edit. I know. The only thing we've missed out on is swinging. <laughs> All right. Hey, I didn't start that one. That comes back to the explicit. (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, not go there, people. (laughs) Because for all we know, that might be how she met her third husband. (laughs) No. No, that was the mile away thing. No, that's what ended the first marriage. (laughs) There we go. I knew it was in there somewhere. I knew it was in there somewhere. It didn't really. I mean, it it did indirectly, but. <laughs> How did I know? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently you just know things like you're just, we're just clued in together. See, this was all like fate that I was supposed to get this like random message that it wasn't even me supposed to be talking. And here we are. And David knows all of everything. Although I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, although I'm a mouse, so I don't really even care about my deep dark secrets. Like you're a I went through them for some reason. I'm a mouse. Like I talk. I don't care. Like Oh, I thought you said a mouse. No, a mouse. Like I have a mouth and I don't I don't care. Like I've been through whatever I've been through for some reason. So if it's gonna (laughs) help somebody (laughs) if it's gonna help somebody, if it was for my own like personal wisdom and growth, I have no idea. But yeah, I can't hide this stuff. So I, yeah, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Don't be ashamed, girl. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> I was in my, I was in my 20s, David, by the way. Like, let's just put that there too. Like I was 20 and dumb. Like. <laughs> Whatever you got to say to me, you feel better about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just make that caveat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, help me. <laughs> Somebody's got to help us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let me get back on track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this will be the most listened to episode. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to have to go back and figure out who's who and who's what. <laughs> People going to go to work and be like, girl, you got to listen to this one. 
be like, I'm not a blended family. I don't care if you got Liz and Liz. <laughs> got a little bit of everything here. <laughs> so your first husband, you had three kids. Correct. Okay. Your second husband, you had one. Correct. And the third one, you have the dog. Correct. The first husband is the high conflict one. Yes. He has your 16-year-old son. Yes. The second husband couldn't deal with the high-conflict bio dad from the first marriage. Yes. Look, I got this. I know, I know you connected the dot pretty good. You left out a few dots, <laughs> but you connected the rest of them. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't drag in the whole bio moms and the tenant thing. <laughs> <laughs> what a tangled web we weave. <laughs> and I thought just having all of them with the different schedules was bad. Oh, no. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So anytime you think you got it bad, you just give Heather a call. <laughs> right? I told you that's why I tell people like when they're like, oh, da, da, da. I'm like, listen, I raised six kids, three different households with six other adults. And I go, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you're the, you're the, uh, you won't get sympathy for me person. <laughs> <laughs> not a, not a lot <laughs> but again i'm i'm the amazing stepmom or the amazing ex bio mom whatever i would be to my yeah. children to their step parent so have because you I, i've been through this have you always had the the need to just up everybody else <laughs> <laughs> i'll just up one on you no. Check this out. <laughs> no just on this one just, just on, on this one because i've had i've had some crazy like that parent. So my first husband is also on his third marriage. So that's another tidbit. And then my second husband is also remarried. So you may be able to help them. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should have a support group with everybody. <laughs> it's called a family reunion. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Well, my daughter will tell you between like steps that are no longer steps and mixed families and all that stuff, she'll say she has 13 siblings. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Holy moly. Yep. So, cause see, here's another part I didn't add. I have a, a <laughs> biological <There's more>. child. <laughs> oh, there's more. I have a biological child that I placed for adoption when I was 16. So he's in the mix somewhere, but he doesn't really have contact with us, but the kids know about him. So yeah, there's my 17 year old daughter will tell you she has 13 siblings. Wow. So, yeah. and that's just the step kids that she's still in contact with. Like, I thought she was going to say that's just the one she knows. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid yeah, of. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell me how many other kids that we have we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. This is what happens when you get married at 20 and yeah. No, 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 girl. No, I'm I'm on that, that might work. That might, that must, might work for some people. You must live in one of those states where it's cold a lot. <laughs> I, I am up in New England, so. <laughs> there you go. Nothing else to do in wintertime except your habits. <laughs> um, goodness. Um, <laughs> I, I did want to ask you something about your son that you gave up for adoption, just because I'm curious. Does okay. he know who you are or does he have the ability to reach out to you if he wants to? He does. So he found me um, about six years ago 
when he was 20, 21, um, he found me. And so we're friends on Facebook. We've talked on the phone once. Um, I'm actually closer to his mom than, than him. I've never talked to him again after that first time, but I am friends with his wife on Facebook too. And so I trying to stay back and not really be like noticeable. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, when they, you know, they just announced, they, you know, just built a new house or something. And so I said, you know, congratulations. And so I try and step back from that. Um, but I do talk to his mom. I met his mom and dad and we've hung out a couple of times. Um, they're down South. And so we've gotten together a couple of times, but every time I've reached out to my birth son and said, Hey, like, if you want to ever grab drinks or something, he's, he's always ignored that message, which is fine. It's okay. I'm just grateful that I know that he's alive and well. Um, Cause when I had him, it was the early nineties and closed adoption was the way it was. So I didn't know anything really. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's one reason I was wondering if it was more of a closed adoption type thing. Cause, but I know yeah, that's going was- to be hard too. Um, it was, it was, you know, when it really got hard was when my 16 year old, um, decided that he was leaving me that, that was harder. You know, I had already lost a child and I, and I knew that I needed to lose that child at 16. I at 43, I barely know what to do with my kids, but I knew for sure at 16, I had no idea what to do with a kid or even looking forward to the future with all this step family stuff and blended family. Like he was going to be a guaranteed blended family because I wasn't with his father. And so I just knew that that, that was never going to look pretty in whatever regards. Um, and so when I made that decision, so when my, my oldest youngest son, um, when he decided at 12 that he didn't want to live with me, that was more crushing and brought up a lot of stuff. But I'm okay with it now-ish. I mean, he's 16 now, so we've talked about it more now um, with him. Yeah. Well, and like you said, he's got the guilt of wanting to stay with his dad because his other two siblings aren't with his dad. Yeah. And it's been damaging on all three of them, really, because, you know, for them, they were a pack. Again, like when we got divorced, they were five, three, and one. So they were the pack. You know, they, they herded together to back and forth between the houses. Um, talk about schedules. <laughs> you don't even want to know what that schedule was with my little kids. Um, they were back and forth every single day, pretty much, because grateful, 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 I was able to be home and raise my kids while my first husband was working. And so he would drop them off to me in the morning, then come pick them up, take them for his night visit. They would come back in the morning. That happened a couple of days a week. And then so it was really back and forth a lot with them. And so when the one left them, um, you know, my daughter expresses it more than my older son, but she's kind of like, he left us too. Like it wasn't just you, mom, he left us. And so, yeah, there's a, I, I could add more dynamics if you want to hear like some of the crazy stuff that I go with. <laughs> I'll, I'll add this. Now. This will train you. So um, my husband doesn't like when I talk about this, but so my husband, um, his ex-wife, um, sh- he was her second marriage. And when he got involved with her, she had a two-year-old. 
um, with special needs. And so I don't even know what to refer to him to me as. Um, but there's also this other child that was raised. My husband and his ex-wife were together for 10 years. So he, they decided that they would raise this child and then their future children as one family. So they always raised them believing that this first child was his, um, but it never was. And he never adopted him. I'm going to be very careful because my husband might get mad at me for this conversation, but it's the truth. Um, and so he never adopted him. And so when they got divorced, that dynamic split too. And so he has his two biological sons, but then he also has this other who he'll call a son. And I struggle with that because it's his stepson. And yeah, you, it's, it's fun over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he helped raise him for 10 years, so I could see why he calls him his son. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then on the flip side, um, he doesn't always show up for him like he should. So I struggle with that sometimes, um, which is fine. You know, I mean, it's fine if like that's your son, then show up like you would if you were his father. Right. Is, is another dynamic that we have that has worked through a little bit only because of boundaries, you know. So, so we both kind of have these sons that don't live with us. Um, and they often, my husband will often like put the two of the situations together and I find them different because they're they extremely are. different. They're extremely different. Like, so it, it's hard. Like we're, I know it's hard on my husband. So this is some of the stuff too that, right? Like you don't go to your first date and say, can you lay out all this stuff for me and tell me like all of your baggage right now that you don't even realize is your baggage. You know, you don't even realize that you're going to struggle with this. or you don't even realize that, that this will become a problem. Um, so we have a big trip. We're doing a big Disney trip in November. And the deal with my 16-year-old was kind of like, well, you don't come on the trip because if you're not going to be a part of the family, then you don't get the perks of the benefits. Like you can't just come for the fun stuff. You have to be here for the we don't like each other too. Um, and we're planning this trip and I'm having my 16-year-old son join us because probably a lot of selfish reasons. Um, I don't want my heart to hurt, honestly. Like mm -hmm. when I know that we're all together and then for my son not to be there. And honestly, this probably will be the last trip that we all go together anywhere. You know, my son's 20 and my oldest one's 20 and he'll be, you know, off doing his whole thing before we probably can go back as this one big group. I mean, all together, there's eight of us of biological people. Um, and so he's coming and then the question was, well, what about this child? And I'm like, I, I don't want to be responsible. He's, he's got some very excruciating special needs issues. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be responsible for that situation. We're technically we're both liabilities and having a high conflict bio mom. I don't trust her that if something were to happen, that it wouldn't come back and hurt him or me or us or so that's a whole nother dynamic of my family that I, I don't share a whole lot of. <laughs> well, do the, do his other kids know that's not really his son? Yes. Um, I think it's still a little confusing for them, but again, see, so this was something that when we met, um, I kaboshed, I said, uh, uh, I'm, I can't step in 
to that because one, growing up as a child myself, um, there was big family secrets going on and I hated them. I hated, well, they affected me. I was the family secret. And so I don't like family secrets. And then with my kids and their half brother who I placed, they've always known about him. I've always raised them knowing that he existed. It was never a question. You know, even I joked before about, you know, well, you should have stopped at one or whatever. And they'll say like, well, I mean, one of the kids that you kept, you know, so for my kids, it's always been a very open conversation with them. And so when I met my husband and found out that like this was going on, I, I couldn't move forward with it. I was like, you can't do that. Like, when do you tell, you know, my stepsons that the reason you don't take all three of them together is really because of this reason that you're not really their dad. They're not. Yeah. That this doesn't, you know, when the divorce papers go down, there's not three names there. There's two. And, um, yeah, so it was a conversation that was had, um, but it's not really talked about too much now. So I don't really know. Like the one I don't know most about would be like the seven-year-old, right? Because this came out when he was like four. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And then again, you know, um, my husband's stepson has special needs. So sometimes it's a question whether he even understands it really. Um, so yeah, that's a whole nother fun dynamic. and. And as far as like nacho kids, when, when that one happens, so when he comes for a visit, I really have to step back because it really changes the dynamic in our house even more so. So yeah, I can imagine. that one, I, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, you know, guilt and I get it. You know, I, I'm grateful for my experiences because they've been able to help me with my husband's experiences. Like I know there's hurt there. I know there's hurt. I don't know anyone that that can come from a divorce situation and say there's not hurt there. You you married this person. You thought you were going to raise your kids together. And that was what life was going to look like. I'll tell you what, my second divorce, so much easier. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't. That's horrible. That's really horrible. But it's true. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't my future. It wasn't, I mean, it was my future, but it wasn't the end all be all. I thought, you know, my first husband, like that would be what my life looked like. Me and him happy raising our kids together. And when that blew up, it, it took a while. Again, going back to like, you don't ask for the divorce papers when you first date somebody that has been divorced. Mm -hmm. And, and even if you did, would you, would you do what you did? You know, my daughter will say that sometimes my 17 year old, and she's like, well, maybe you move too fast. Like, you told yourself not to move this fast and then you were moving that fast. And I said, I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. I, I, I don't know. All I can do is move forward from today and learn how to better adjust to them and, and do what, what you guys are doing. What, what I'm on here talking with you guys about is so that other people can hear experience and other people can learn something new and say, Oh, I never thought of doing it that way. And so I am, I embrace myself all the time with listening to not only stuff on lending families, but my own personal worth, you know, cause it can really kick you when you're feeling like the outsider, which is sometimes what I feel like around. Here you is, know, most, um, most moms do. They do feel like an outsider. Yeah. Well, now, and I know my, my husband feels it too. Sometimes, you know, he, 
when it's just the big kids, he feels like he's an outsider sometimes, but no offense to men. I think they, they deal with it differently. They just go, okay. And carry on to their next block of information where women in my experience tend to hold that more to their heart and bring on that. I'm not good enough. I'm not insert whatever. Right. Okay, girl, you said something that I got to ask you about. Oh, geez. <laughs> you were the family secret? Yeah. Do so tell. I grew, up, <laughs> I, I grew up being um, sexually abused. And oh. so when that all came out, and still to this day, um, my siblings don't really acknowledge it. My parents definitely don't acknowledge it. Um, and yet it it greatly affected my life um, in a lot of ways. So that was hard. And, and like one situation, so I was with my niece um, and she was, you know, 14, 15, she was old enough. And I was talking to her about some stuff. And I told her, I had said, you know, what had happened to me as a child. And my sister got wind of it and she was not happy. And I was like, I'm not going to lie about who I am or what I've been through. Like, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I don't, I don't, like I said, I'm an open book. You know, I, I don't know why I've had the life that I've had, but um, God knows, God knows why I've been given this life. So all I can do is, is share it in hopes of, of something. And so I, I just can't do that, you know, and, and even, you know, back to, you know, family secrets are okay. Um, my sister had offered to take my child when I was pregnant and she wanted to raise him as hers and that I would be the aunt. And that would be all that was ever said. And of course we know how that worked out. I didn't do that. Um, because I, I just can't do family secrets. I can't, this is what happened. This is life and it's not pretty, but it's life and, and we're in it. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, um, she had a child very young and her mom basically adopted the child. And so it, it was raised, it, he was raised as her brother. And then of course, when this child got older, certain things started happening and it kind of came out that, wait a minute, you're not my sister, you're my mom. So they have a very weird relationship but honestly, she didn't want to give him up to her mom. She didn't have a choice. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. And I, I do, again, you know, it's, I've got a lot of facets that I deal with. Um, so, you know, another side note, like we could talk for, you know, all night. We could have 15 podcasts on me. So I'm also in recovery from, you know, drug and alcohol addiction. Um, and so I deal in different facets and, and the damage that, that can come from, from finding those things out and and how relationships can just be so so rough and that yeah I just can't sit in that place it's a hard place for me to sit in to to not be open and oh I I get it I do I definitely get it because you feel like by continuing to hold that secret that it's shaming you somehow or it's um still has power sure yeah and it doesn't they say our, our secrets keep us sick you know, is, is something that I've heard. And whether that's true or not completely, I, you know, I don't know, to each their own. But for me, it certainly damages me. I'm, I do much better when I can be open and forthright and, and find people that 
have either experienced it or, or that I can learn from. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Hey, it's all good. I wouldn't be who I was or am. I, I, it's taught me more than, I don't know, you know, it's, it's my walk, but thank well, I, you. I appreciate that. I wouldn't have asked, but I thought it was going to be something like you being a family <laughs> secret, like you were the mailman's kid or something. <laughs> That's your no, story. I know. <laughs> That's not I'm my story. Now, I'm good. <laughs> she belonged to the milkman or something like that. No, my neighbor was my daddy. And when he died, my daddy called me and said, your daddy just died. <laughs> my daddy always said I was the neighbor's kid. <laughs> He was like, I wish she was the neighbor's kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, he might have wished that about the other ones. <laughs> well, girl, you have um, definitely been the most interesting guest that we have ever had <laughs> on our podcast. I'm telling you, it's gonna be like, all the other podcasts are going to get like, you know, 3,000 listens. Hers is going to be like 30,000. <laughs> Just make you go viral, right? Like, we'll just... I don't know. Viral is probably not somewhere you need to be. Right now. Hey, no, that's I'm okay with that. If you guys are okay with that, I'm okay with it. Like, that's somebody's got to get help from my situation. Like, somebody needs to know that they're not alone in this crazy world because I'm still kicking. Like, I'm still kicking. I'm still laughing. Right? I've been laughing the whole time with you guys. So I know. You know there. There's got to be there's got to be somebody that says there's still hope even when the storms have like knocked you back and forth a million times like even in this you know you laugh you know the the third marriage like I ain't I ain't doing this again I'm not <laughs> doing it again and I'm not doing it again because I'm committed to this and I will work my tail off to make this work and if that means that I need to find new techniques if that means I need to figure out how to do this like. You know, I did pick my husband for certain reasons. And one of them was he's open to to this stuff. It's hard to get into him sometimes. But once I can get into him a little bit, then he's open to see it and open to work in it and open to to be together in it. You know, neither one of us want to do this again, ever, like ever. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like we always say, you can't have one foot in the door, one foot in the door. You can't have one foot out the door and expect it to work. So it's really good yeah. that you've got his support too, to do what it takes to make it work. And we say this often, um, every day that you survive the blend is a day to celebrate. Yeah. And it's, well, it's true. Like that crock pot. It's like the crock pot analogy, right? Like that mm -hmm. a blended family is a crock pot and, you know, everybody's going to blend differently. Like I could go on about like the dynamics, like I'll just share this one. Hopefully you won't like want to know more about it. But so my husband <laughs> owns a business, my husband, my husband owns a business and he walked away from his business. So I now run his business. So that's um, fun. So I run a diesel truck shop. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So, but my husband walked away, you know, but that's, that's okay. We marry for better or worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, you do what you got to do. Yep. And I'm not going to ask any questions. Mm -hmm. I promise I'm not. <laughs> you really could. I just know we've been talking for a while and you're going to have fun editing this, but. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it all in there. 
<laughs> what, David? So we're going to leave it all in there. <laughs> well, you know, I understand the being an open book. Um, I'm kind of like that too. I tend to, if somebody asks me something, I'm going to tell them the truth. And if, even if it's something, if somebody goes, well, you don't like me, do you? Well, no, I really don't. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you about it. My dad, I don't know how he instilled it in me, but I cannot stand somebody that lies. And lie. (laughs) And the thing about it is, I think with that comes, if somebody asks me something, I feel like I owe them the truth. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, kind of if they care enough to ask, then I'll tell them. I'm not one of these people to go, well, you know, that's really not an appropriate question for you to ask me. (laughs) Yeah, I I probably tell too much, too. Hi, David. That's good, though. (laughs) It's all good. Well, I mean, it is a good thing that I was willing to share the story of Nacho Kids, you know, um, because like you, I felt like I had to share my story. And we had to share our story because we found something that helped us that we want to help other people with. Yeah. And putting it out there for everybody is not easy. (laughs) I mean, day in and day out, anybody can go and, you know, hear about us talking about the struggles we had and, and still have from time to time about things. And, you know, we could very easily go, well, we don't want to give ammunition to the exes to, to use or the in-laws and outlaws and all this other stuff. But, you know, the, I think the ends justify the means and, and we do it anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a little part, you know, that even in our talk, I'm like, oh, what if, you know, this one here is, you know what? It is what it is. You know what? If they're going to sit here and listen to an hour of us talking, then by God, they can know everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, I don't mind talking about it in the, uh, in regards to thinking that other people have their crap together. I know that's not a fact. Everybody's busted up and, Mm. you know, broken spinning out of control i don't care what they put on facebook everybody's family's got crazy mess going sideways all the time uh so i don't care about that i'm just i'm just honest enough with myself and everybody else to to show that i know when my life is a, a crazy madhouse and <laughs> mm-hmm. right well and, and like sharing said, the tools yeah and like you said laughter girl that is so important and that's one of the things that we've enjoyed about your conversation is we have laughed, but you know, when we were making fun of that counselor and I said, they are not your kids. And we started laughing. That's when the weight lifted. That's when I was able to see things differently. And laughter definitely is the best medicine. And sometimes, yeah, you have to laugh so you don't cry. For sure. We have to find joy. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and gratitude, you know, find gratitude in the things that, that are there when everything else is falling apart, you know, like when it's hard, you know, I mean, I like how my husband parents, he doesn't like how I parent, but when we can step back and, you know, he sees that, you know, me giving structure to his kids is probably one of the best things that they've had because they don't necessarily get that elsewhere. Or I can step back and say, you know what, he goes down to the lake with them every day and they love doing that with him. You know, I get, I can't hate him for the things I love about him is, is really what for me, like helped in a lot of areas is we all mean well, right. Mm-hmm. For the most part. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some people that don't mean well, but I think for those of us that try to be better people, we're, we're all meaning well. 
we're all trying to to grow and and be a little bit better than we were yesterday or even the moment beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as long as we keep trying, then we're growing. Yeah, for sure. For well, sure. Heather, and sharing. What'd you say? I said, and sharing, like sharing those, those things. Um, I'll just end on this as you were talking about like the hard stuff. So, um, I, you know, I do Instagram stuff and I've started sharing more, you know, those, those hard nights on Instagram. And one of my friends is like, I, I, it's hard to watch you. And she's like, but I, I keep watching because I want to know. She's like, but it's hard to see you hurting. And I said, you know what? Something's been coming to me that people need to see me hurting so they can see how I walk through it, how I get to the other side of hurting or how I can move to that. And, and you guys do the same thing. You know, you guys show how you can move through that and, and the tidbits that have worked along the way with that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that where you do in the Nacho Kids Academy is 28 days to change your thinking. And it's more of helping people to think more positive. And it includes, um, you know, a gratitude journal. What are five mm-hmm. things you're grateful for? Write it down every day. Um, say three positive affirmations. Um, if something negative pops in your head, spin it to a positive. And um, it, it's really beneficial. Um, I enjoy doing it myself because we don't realize how impacted we are by just our negative thoughts. Yeah. I mean, they'll eat you alive, girl. You know it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I've done a gratitude journal. Um, right now, I'm, I'm doing a thousand things to be grateful for. So instead of just a blank gratitude journal, I'm actually counting the things that I'm grateful for. I'm trying to get to a thousand. And, and some days it's as simple as, you know, the sun's out. Like, but other days it's I'm grateful for my family and I'm grateful for you know, the fun time that we had or the laughter that was experienced over dinner. Well, today we're going to be in there. what you look at. (laughs) Grateful for the podcast. (laughs) I got this crazy message. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm telling you that that was crazy. You know, it was. Um, Are you trying to come up with a thousand different things? Not necessarily, no. Okay, because I was going to go, girl, I'd have to flip back and I'd have to have some kind of Excel sheet or something to put them in order because I'd forget what I wrote two days ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that God's been on there quite a few times. <laughs> yep, so, no, it's not, it's not, you know, being different. It's just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I think there's a book that like talks about a thousand things to be grateful for or something. And so then that's where it stemmed again. I do a, I do a lot of personal development. So it's a lot of it repeats a lot of it, but I need it to repeat. Right. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes I'm not going to hear it on, on this wavelength, but I'll hear it on this wavelength or I'll be in this place in my life to receive it, but not in this place. And so I have to hear it a bunch of times. And so somehow this came across as like a thousand things. And so when I get, tired of well do I have to write in the gratitude journal again like (laughs) I know what I'm thankful for you know to like work on that number it gives me incentives to like okay three more today three more today and I think I'm at like 150 or something but um should get to 999 like my last one is I'm thankful (laughs) this is done (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) I would be (laughs) I don't have to be thankful anymore (laughs) 
Well, Heather, this has been awesome. It really has. And thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us and with our listeners, because I know that you will definitely be able to help somebody with your story. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was fun. (laughs) It was fun. And we wish you the absolute best. And um, I say this to most of our guests, and I really mean it, that I would love for you to come back on, whether it be a year, two years, whatever, so we can know how your journey's going and how it's progressed. Absolutely. Anytime. I'm sure it will only get more interesting. <laughs> there is no talent. Sure, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you again, and you have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Did y'all enjoy that? (laughs) That was hilarious. Let's recap a few things. (laughs) (laughs) In case you missed it. (laughs) Yeah, in in case you missed some of this. (laughs) In case you couldn't hear with your mouth open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We do talk about how you can nacho one kid and not another. Right. Right. And that the bio parent thinking that even if... Okay, let me back up. That... The bio parent will see the stepmom as being too harsh on their bio kids, even if she is treating the bio kids exactly the same as she would her own bio kids. Did y'all follow that? (laughs) I think so. That'd be like me hollering at Jackson for something, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And then me hollering at Ethan for something, and that's not okay. Because you're doing it with a different tone. See, see, see. That's what I say. Okay. Even when you like... Get up in the morning. You'd be like, get up in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? Of course, I love hearing how Nacho Wing Help saved her sanity. Woohoo, go Nacho. How we shouldn't compare kids to each other. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that even in a blended family. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, nor- a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't compare kids. Was you going to say normal family? I was going to say normal. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a normal family. There's not a normal family. <laughs> but y'all, I can't get over that BM is her tenant. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I'm telling you, the eye, the mouth opening, just, <laughs> I, I probably need to re-listen to it because I don't know how much I missed <laughs> from not being able to hear with my mouth open. <laughs> no, because there's sometimes I would say something and you were like, you know, stick your hand, your head in your hand like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> I do that in public a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had recording the other day we did with somebody, and you were like, I can't believe you said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know why I'm still shocked over stuff you say, <laughs> though. I mean, after 10 years, it's, it's, not that, it's not that it surprises me, really, but it still shocks me. How does that happen? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I just say what most people are afraid to say. No, no. See, <laughs> I used to be that person. No, you just say what's on your mind. You don't care. No, I was the one that would say what people were thinking, but they just didn't have the nerve to say it. You never hung around people who thought. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've got some smart friends. <laughs> like really smart friends. But all your smart friends are bums. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, is the smarter they are, <laughs> the less likely they are to move out. What are you talking about? (laughs) Who? Uh, Anyway. Uh, David, (laughs) why are you talking about my friends? They're my friends. Because 
you would say stuff that they wouldn't. Besides, I never knew you had more than one friend. I've got four. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I always thought it was funny, like when we first started dating, because like you would have certain friends come over, and I know, I knew that the only reason they were coming over is so that they could spend fifteen minutes meeting me, so they could give you uh, their opinion. I don't remember any of that. It was like so and so is coming over here to borrow a, a shirt. I'm like, yeah, whatever. No, no. See, this is where David is taking things that he's done in his past and projecting it onto things that he thought happened with me because he's the one, his daddy had like he had to come borrow milk or some crap to see meet me that night. What was that? The first night that your daddy met me when I was over here. I don't think I would have cared. Like the whole family was coming like at They did that all the time. They did that all the time. That wasn't a you special moment. No, it was a me special moment. No, well, okay. If that makes you feel good. It was. Because they were comparing me to the chick you had over the night before. Well, that might have been true, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, wait, you, I got a pain in my head. I was comparing you to the chick that came over the night before. What you talking about? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, y'all. See? <laughs> Friday night flavor. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of times in life, we question ourselves. (laughs) We question decisions that we made, past actions that we made, (laughs) things we didn't do, like run. (laughs) I I tried to warn you. Everybody tried to warn you. They were trying to warn me because you had four kids, not because you was a gigolo. Look, you didn't fall in love with me because of the four kids. You fell in love with me because of the gigolo. You still haven't seen that movie, have you? No, I'm not okay. seen that movie. <laughs> Me and David are going to watch Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo. <laughs> and then we'll get him to update you on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were just happy because you were the jiggling I was lowing. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you saying I'm jiggly? I would never say that. Well, first of all, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, That's a bit extreme. I, I, come on now. <laughs> I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> Secondly, when we met, I was not jiggly. That's true. You were you were one of the pretty people. Oh, and what am I now? <laughs> the Pillsbury Dough Girl? No, honey. David, don't you say it. I see that look on your face. Don't you say anything negative about me? I will not say anything negative to or about my <laughs> <laughs> about my jiggly wife. That's right. <laughs> It just makes me want to sing a song. What song? The one your son runs around singing all the time. It's about the Muffin Man. <gasps> He's talking about my muffin. <laughs> yeah, I got a muffin top. <laughs> I do. And I tell you what, I've got friends that have had surgery. Is these the same ones that don't think? David, <laughs> I have friends that have had surgery. And they still have muffin top. To remove their muffin top. And what they went through and almost died? No. I will keep my muffin top and I will love it. Every minute of it. I will rub it and say, I love you, muffin. (laughs) And as that muffin is trying its best to pop its little self up over my blue jeans and going, air me out. Good grief. I'll say, it's okay, little muffin. It's okay. Let me feed you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a cupcake? 
Hey, we got to find a Krispy Kreme when we go on vacation this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. That's right. We're going on an anniversary vacation. Yeah. we. Do you want to talk about that now? Because we can bring up something a couple of years ago that happened when I our planned anniversary? our anniversary. We can bring up our anniversary when we went on vacation. No, we can't bring that up. That was just too much. What? <laughs> okay, what are you going to bring up? What happened? When I planned our anniversary trip. The one, the upcoming one? No. The one that I said oh, I'm not the, planning oh, the, anything ever one. again. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Tell everybody. Where'd we go, David? Okay, so I don't even know why this was on the radar. Because I looked at a map and saw a name and was like, oh, how cool is that? So, so obviously, we just had our 10th anniversary, uh, which is in October. And so, you know, October being October, <laughs> it's fall. <laughs> And there's pumpkins and stuff and, you know, getting ready for all that stuff. Somehow or another, one um, anniversary, she decided she wanted to go to this place up in North Carolina called Pumpkin Town. Pumpkin Town. Yeah. So. How cool is that? Does that not sound cool to y'all? They have, you know, Pumpkin Town and the Pumpkin Town Festival. And, you know, here it is fall. And it's like, dude, that's the best place on the planet to be. And I was so excited. Other than probably Oktoberfest in in, uh, Georgia. Where's that place in Georgia? Helen, Georgia. Oh, yeah, Helen. Yeah, that's a cool place. Anyway. All right. So so we go up to North Carolina. We were, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Asheville or somewhere. We we went and, and, and spent the night in in a place, and then when you know, it was like, we're gonna get up next morning and we're gonna finish our trek to Pumpkin Town. <laughs> so we get up, get in the car, take off down the road, watching the GPS. I don't remember us staying in Asheville and then going to Pumpkin Town, but anyway, it was somewhere we stayed overnight. I don't know if it was Asheville or not. So, Greenville, it was Greenville. Okay, okay, go ahead. So heading out, watching the GPS, you know, we're we're five miles away. We're four miles away. We're three miles away. We're almost in Pumpkin Town. We don't know what to expect. We just know we're going to Pumpkin Town. We're so excited. A place, not not a like a exhibit called Pumpkin Town. The town's called Pumpkin Town. This is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so we're driving along, and we come to a stop sign, and our GPS says, you have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> we're like... Arrived at what? And there's a sign that says, Welcome to Pumpkin Town. And <laughs> there's this little, um, like a produce shack that's fenced up and closed. Yep. And a sign that says, Welcome to Pumpkin Town. <laughs> that was it, folks. <laughs> that was all that was there. <laughs> we never saw anything else in Pumpkin Town. There was except- one restaurant that we ate at. And it had a pumpkin it, outside. And it had like a big paper mache pumpkin. No, I think it was like a treehouse pumpkin. Or yeah, something. something. But yeah. that was it. Yep. That was Pumpkin Town. <laughs> One little stop sign, <laughs> a restaurant, and some big man made pumpkin. <laughs> Welcome to Pumpkin Town. <laughs> we have laughed about that trip <laughs> every year since. She's like, I will never plan another trip. Well, I but, did plan this one, so hopefully it won't be so bad. No, you do fine. But you, you know, you always give yourself a hard time, even when you're like, Picking a movie out. Yeah, because every time I pick out a movie, you're like, well, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not picking them out anymore. Nobody died. Nobody got blown up. I like funny movies. Yeah, but those are a hit and a miss because that's very subjective. Yeah, and apparently you can't go off the Green Tomatoes rating or whatever that thing is. No, there didn't people on nothing. (laughs) But I will tell you, David, the other day I was in a Facebook group and somebody said, "Um, what are y'all doing this weekend? It was actually um, one of our podcast guests, Celia Kibler. 
mm-hmm. that we've had. And she asked what everybody was doing for a family thing that weekend. And with it starting to get fall, you know, people were going to different things. And somebody said they went to Pumpkin Town. Really? They did. And so I put North Carolina. They're like, no, Tennessee. Oh, so we went to the wrong one. That might be what happened. Or maybe it moved. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it relocated. <laughs> yeah, there's. I almost want to go back. I do want to go back. We're going to go back. We're going to go back to Pumpkin Town. And take a picture so people can see. Yes, we're going to take a picture. We'll even do a video. Yeah, because it was like you know, even when we got there, we was like, okay, well maybe maybe Pumpkin Town is you know, you know how when you go to some of these places, you see the sign that says welcome to whatever, and but you have to go another half mile or so before you get. Yeah, into it. we drove like twenty we, miles. We drove in every direction. It's like there's nothing here. <laughs> now, wouldn't it be funny if we went back? Because it's been several years. Yeah, it'd be a big old yeah. amusement park. And yeah, all this something stuff. like that. Yeah, that's possible. You never know. <laughs> but I, I mean, I expected at the minimum, I expected like some guy sitting there selling pumpkins. pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even see anywhere selling pumpkins. No, it's <laughs> nothing. There was nothing but the man-made pumpkin. Yeah, and it's not like there were even haunted houses or. They didn't have it. They didn't have pumpkin signs or nothing. You know, in fact, I don't even remember seeing like people living there. <laughs> no, it's it like was, a ghost town. Remember? Yeah, just those people working there, and I'm like, I wonder where they live. Pumpkin town <laughs> in the pumpkin in the pumpkin. <laughs> All four and, uh, of them. It was funny because you know I'm I'm pretty adventurous about where we go eat and stuff like that, and you know you always had this look on your face like I don't know about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like the time we went to Tennessee and <laughs> we ate at that shack on the side of the road. Was that Tennessee? Um, or Asheville or somewhere. It was somewhere uh, in the mountains. You know what? I think it was Maggie Valley around that area. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. Again, in North Carolina. Uh-huh. You know, we're driving down the road and, and there's like this, it looked like an old mobile home. Yeah, like the rounded, tiny metal ones. Yeah. The really small metal mobile homes. It was scary. It was y'all. sitting like five feet off the road. And there was a sign that was like hot dog and hamburgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, we're stopping here to eat. And you're like, no, we're not. <laughs> like, mm. here we are, too. Like, I got nauseated thinking about eating there. <laughs> so we stopped and, and got a, a burger, cheeseburger. <laughs> That's the best darn cheeseburger I ever had in my life. <laughs> like next day, she's like, can we go back to the shack? <laughs> <laughs> we went back every day we were there. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, yep. Gotta love those hole in the wall places that David drags me to. I know, man. I got the best food. Now you got me wanting to go to Pumpkin Town again. <laughs> so we'll let y'all know if we go back to Pumpkin Town. Yep. I will say, um, don't just look at a map and pick somewhere because of the <laughs> name. You might want to research it a little bit. I mean, Google was around. I didn't even Google anything about it. <laughs> I just pulled up a map of North Carolina and was like, oh, Pumpkin Town, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd have looked it up, it'd probably say Ghost Town. Last known survivor is 112 years old, population two. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're going somewhere and you're excited to get to the destination. Then when you pull up, it's like, what was that movie? The National Lampoon thing, you know, where they're all excited to get to this theme park and they pull up and the theme park's like been closed for five years or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be us, folks. Yep. That would be us. So I don't pick out movies anymore. And I did choose this vacation, so I'm excited because it's a tiny house. We're going to stay in a tiny house. Are we? Yeah. Did I not tell you that? Oh, this is going to be interesting. It's a little tiny home. Let me see you get away from in me a now. Tiny, in a tiny village. You're going to rethink this with one. With tiny people. 
<laughs> she's gonna be on the next podcast episode talking about how she will never stay in another tiny home. I can get five feet away from David, and he's still sitting right beside me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm running to the other side of the place, and he's five feet away. <laughs> I'm going to the other room. Two steps. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be fun. Yes. So anyway. <laughs> That's all we got today, folks. All right. I just can't wait for the tiny house. This is going to be hilarious. <laughs> We're gonna do a Especially Facebook. with Jiggly Girl. We're going to do a Facebook Live from the tiny house. Hey, we should. <laughs> if it's got a signal. If not, we'll just record it and post it later. Yeah. All right, folks. Well. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe we can drive through Pumpkin Town on the way there. Is it on the way? I don't know. You know us. <laughs> we never follow directions anyway. That's because you navigate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show for today, folks. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'd love some feedback on this one. Let us know what you thought about today's episode, and um, you know, join us next time. We will be here, and we expect you to be as well. Peace out. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.